Coming to you from the San Jose Mercury News, the Bay Area News Group, it's the TK Show. Now here's your host, Tim Kawakami. Hey everybody, it's Tim Kawakami here. We're Friday, January 8th, broadcasting from downtown San Jose. And very, very glad to have on as my guest a rare second time appearance. Uh, there aren't many people who we've had back for a second time, but... This person's welcome anytime, fresh off his presentation at the uh, NFL, what, uh, L.A. Opportunities Committee meeting, uh, and the point man for the Carson Project with the Raiders and the Chargers uh, is Carmen Policy. Carmen, great to have you on. How are you doing today? Fine, Tim. Thank you very much for having me, and Happy New Year ha- to you. Happy New Year to you, Carmen. Absolutely. Uh, I guess you can, w- whatever you can tell us, uh, you made the pitch, right? You made the presentation to the committee, and I guess the Finance Committee and uh, maybe another committee was there in New York this earlier this week. What was the gist of it? I mean, is it just you basically taking questions? Is it you making a, you know, some kind of, uh, you know, proposal? What, what, what was that when you talked to the other owners uh, in New York this week? Well, the Chargers, Raiders, and uh, myself and uh, our representative from Goldman Sachs went to New York to address the Finance Stadium and L.A. uh, Opportunities Committees, all three. Mm -hmm. And there were 17 different owners uh, in the room uh, comprising those three different uh, committees. And what we did is we presented where we are at this point to the owners giving them an update as to what progress we've made in the last six months, explaining how our financing is totally in place and our construction loan has now been authorized and committed. Uh, We also talked about how our site is shovel ready and any concerns about the ability to develop it have been resolved. It's totally entitled and we are basically ready to go. They, they know our plan. They have a, they have, all of the details relative to how we're going to finance it. And they know what we intend to do in terms of uh, moving forward in L.A. and moving forward in L.A. immediately. I assume you you took questions. uh, And if you can just generally say what what was the kind of framework of the questions? What what are the things the other owners are most interested to hear you answer? They wanted to make sure that uh, everything was as we indicated it was in terms of uh, – going forward and we answered those questions uh everyone who was part of our team was there so that specific questions could be answered in a specific way by the people who are responsible for that i will say this that the legal office also enhanced our presentation with their presentation which in effect said that we're ready to go uh and uh, that that this plan this program it is an acceptable plan and program and uh what what we're really looking at is the league basically saying we now have two sites that are primed and ready to proceed with development in L.A. And there are three teams willing to move to L.A. and capable of moving to L.A. And now it's up to the owners to decide which site is to be selected and which team or teams will play at those sites. Was at Bob, that site. Was Bob Iger uh, in, in your meeting? No. Bob will be presenting in Houston on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. He'll be introduced, although I think several, several, if not uh, more than half of the owners know him personally, obviously because of his connection 
to the league through his chairmanship and CEO position with Disney. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Disney owning ABC and ESPN, he's been uh, involved rather heavily with the NFL. Are you pre- uh, you pretty you pretty sure there's going to be a direct up down vote on, on on both proposals or or some you know version of, of deciding who's going to LA next week either Tuesday or Wednesday at the, in the at, in the Houston meeting? There will be votes. Mm-hmm. Now keep in mind the following: in order for a team or teams to be qualified to relocate to LA or to relocate anywhere, they require a three-fourths positive vote Mm -hmm. of the entire membership. So there's 32 teams in the NFL. That means whoever wants to relocate has to get 24 votes. Mm -hmm. If you get 23 votes, you can't can't move. You need 24 or more. And uh, that's the issue. Are we we going to be able to put together the kind of, uh, shall we say, uh, collaborative and committed effort that, brings about a three-fourths vote uh, and permits the relocation. Stalemate is ugly. That would be the worst thing for everybody. Stalemate means everybody goes back to their markets where you've asked to leave. And stalemate means that you're placing three teams that the league is saying qualify to leave back in a situation where they can't leave. Mm -hmm. And stalemate means probably a delay in progressing with the development of either of these sites because you're probably looking at another whole year delay. I think it also would throw an amazing amount of cold water on the momentum that's been gained in the LA market. Do you think there is that sense that they got to decide this right now because you put it off, it, then it becomes a negative? I think so. I think it, first of all, it makes tremendous business sense to move forward. We've been waiting 20 years to get back to L.A. And for one reason or, not, and, or another, it, we never had everything line up perfectly. Now you not only have it lined up perfectly as far as having a site, you have two. And you not only have it lined up perfectly as to the site, you have the situation where you have teams ready, able, and qualified to go. And all the financing's in place. There's no r- request for public money other than whatever money's been put into the projects already for other reasons. So... There should be no complication other than decision making on the part of the owners uh, for relocating to L.A. One logistical thing it just strikes me. So you talk about needing three fourths of vote. Do the Raiders and Chargers and Rams all count as one? You know, each have a vote on this. Yes. So you, so the Carson project already has two votes then. We have two votes. That's correct. (laughs) It makes it easier. It makes it a little easier. It makes it a lot easier. (laughs) Plus, uh, there will be a a recommendation coming from the L.A. Opportunities Committee. So if if they were to to recommend Carson, which is the site for the Raiders and the Chargers, then you could assume that the number of members of that committee that recommends Carson will also be voting Mm -hmm. for it. Mm -hmm. So I, I think the Carson situation stands in very good shape in terms of being able to not uh, to not be overturned, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. There's more than not, there's way more than nine votes in favor of Carson. I was going to ask you. Uh, I mean, we've heard you know just loosely. No one knows for sure that maybe nine on one side, maybe nine on the other. You know, give or take one or two. Is that generally the way you feel things no, go? I, are you going I, to I meeting? Think, 
I'm sorry. I don't. I didn't mean to interrupt no, no. you there. Go ahead. Excuse me. Uh, I think that the Carson site has uh, significantly more than nine. Hmm. Uh, there's a, there's still the, the, the measure will be decided by the undecided. And uh, it, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how it turns out. And it's going to be interesting to see what compromises are sought. Uh, I'm not saying compromise that a specific compromise will work. I'm just saying it's going to be interesting to see what comes up and who recommends what. What do, you, what do you think the undecided group, the number of that? Is it, is it 10? Is it, is it 15? Is I, it less than that? I would say the undecided is probably something like, oh, maybe 10. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, At the most, 10. And I think, I think we're in the high teens. Do, do you, you think you are? Your, your project is yeah. in the, now, does I that... think we're in the high teens. Now, maybe, you know, maybe I'm undercutting them a lot. Mm-hmm. Maybe... Maybe a good number of the uh, undecided are leaning toward, uh, say, toward the Rams, and that's what gives them the nine votes to to stop the process. Uh, but who knows? You just mm-hmm. don't really know. In all honesty, mm-hmm. I think anybody who says they know exactly what's going to happen come next week is really either uh, not in tune with the facts, or they're just uh, making it up because no one knows. I, I, and when I say no one, I'm talking about even the commissioner. Mm-hmm. Now, does he get in a room and, I mean, does he have the authority to try to start wrangling some votes? Is that who does it? Who, who's wrangling? You know, who's the, un, you know, the objective figure who can wrangle this? Is it the committee members of the L.A. Opportunity Committee? Well, what's going to happen is the commissioner has the obligation on a relocation uh, situation to render a report. He will render a report. I do not think he'll make a recommendation. But as I said, there will be a recommendation from the L.A. Committee. Mm-hmm. And once that hits the floor, then there's no barring who might try to influence and impress uh, their fellow owners that, and how they might try to influence and impress them. It's open season. It's I mean, it, 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 they're, they're, the only thing that that controls the day is Robert's rules in terms of the way the meeting runs. And that report you think is going to be real or get to the owners on Tuesday? I think it gets to the owners this weekend. Really? Interesting. Um, you know, so just logistically, I know you're they're basically voting for teams because each team has the relocation, uh, seeking relocation. But are they essentially voting for the project? Is that the vote vote is for the project or is it for the team's ability to relocate? It's it's both. Hmm. My understanding is the initial resolutions are going to be very simple. You're voting for the Chargers and Raiders to go to Carson or you're voting for the Rams to go to Inglewood. I mean, it's that simple. Hmm. And in the process of you voting, you use your entire accumulation of facts, opinions, decisions that you are digesting and putting together so that you're able to make a good business judgment relative to what's in the best interest of the national football league. So if people feel, well, they shouldn't leave, the Rams shouldn't leave uh, St. Louis. And uh, on top of that, I like Carson better. It's a, it's a combination mm-hmm. of factors that work their way into the decision. And the same thing, if you feel, well, you know, maybe the Raiders should, shouldn't move and, or, or the Chargers shouldn't move. And, and I like Inglewood, you know, so it, it'll, it'll all blend in together. You're not going to have pinpoint issues uh, that they're going to be voting on. You're going to have resolutions. 
Now, this isn't your ballywick because you're working for the Carson Project, but certainly there's discussion that, you know, the, the Cronky has the money and Dean Spanos has the popularity, and they're going to try to find a way for those two two together. Likely in Inglewood, would you just say that's something that you don't know about, or would you say that's something that might happen? I've heard that proposition being put on the floor, and there's there's just, there's a few people that find it to be very compelling, but I have to tell you that it's it's. And I don't want to talk about the other mm-hmm. uh, situation and, and in any way denigrate it. Let me just say that uh, Dean Spanos is totally sold on Carson. He thinks it is not only the best site for L.A. for the present. He thinks it's the best site for, for the Los Angeles market for the future. It's central. It's on the freeways. And parking is such a key factor. Mm-hmm. Plus, he wants an open air stadium in L.A. He doesn't want a roof on a stadium. And he wants to be in a situation that is primarily focused on the NFL and professionals, professional football. Sure, there'll be a few other events there during the year, and, and there should be. But the primary idea is to have a, a, a presence that's, that's central to L.A. and also focused on the NFL. Is there any, again, I hate any chance questions because I get them and I shoot them down, but I'm going to ask you one. Any chance picture that you see that has Dean Spanos and Carson and somehow Stan Kroenke joining him in the Rams and the Chargers being in Carson? Well, I got a pause out of you on that. One. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't, I, I guess I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, if all of a sudden uh, Oakland came up with some special deal and all of a sudden everybody said, you know, Carson's where we want to be. I mean, you know, you can't say, Never, never, never. Uh, but I would have to say that there's there's no way that either the Raiders or the Chargers want to go to L.A. and be in Inglewood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I will say that. And and we have heard, and you can just say if if you agree with us, I'd imagine you would. That Dean Spano certainly is someone that a lot of owners feel. Um, no, I don't know if warmth is the right word, but they feel sympathetic towards. Would you say he's the, he's of the three? That's the guy that kind of spearheads the drive just among the owner's feelings. Dean has been really active at the league level. He serves on committees. He chairs an important committee, uh, the Ventures Committee. He's was active with this uh, with the executive committee uh, when they were negotiating uh, the collective bargaining agreement with the players union. Uh, he put a lot of time in, he supports a lot of other teams and what they're trying to do. He's liked, he's trusted, he's respected. He's viewed as a good, solid businessman. Uh, I, I think, I don't think I'm being unfair if I say that he's a very popular owner. And I think that there are, there are owners that'll be in that room on Tuesday that, that see him as being worthy of uh, the, their consideration for to vote yes on relocation. How is Mark Davis viewed generally? Do you think? Well, I you know he's new. Mm-hmm. He's kind of new. I, I think I think I think that there's a view that uh, Mark is trying to bring the Raiders into the uh, the, the next century, and uh, uh, and I think he's indicated that he's willing to. Uh, do things to make the organization better and sees moving to LA as the opportunity to elevate his organization. And I, and I, I, I love the way, uh, they're coming, uh, coming on in terms of their competitive nature and what they're doing on the field. And 
I, I, I think they're seeing some some progress under Mark's ownership. Let's switch over to uh, an, another conversation, which certainly people, are, I think, would be interested in. Uh, Carmen, certainly many years with the Eddie DeBartolo, uh, Bill Walsh, where is a key member, president of the team. Uh, just a few Super Bowls, if I recall, that that, uh, that team amassed. <laughs> as you, as we've, we've talked about this before, but it, it just has unraveled even even more since the last time we talked, which I think was last offseason. 5-11, Jim Tomasula's hired, then fired. Now they're looking for another coach. As you watch this, Carmen, I know you don't want to, you know, be too critical of a situation, but w- what do you see when you when you see these hap- these things happen to the franchise? It, when you were there, when Eddie was there, when Bill and George Seifert were there, was the, the class of the league, was the franchise everyone wanted to be. What do you see about the franchise now? Well, remember this. Let's talk in general first. Continuity is a great ally of any sport franchise, no matter what league you're in. If you can somehow, some way maintain appropriate and progressive continuity, you're well on your way to having a successful uh, franchise that's going to be competitive and possibly, possibly a champion uh, each and every season. So you do want, you know, what we enjoyed during the DeBartlow years uh, after his and uh, the halcyon of uh, uh, 24 months of his start, mm-hmm. uh, you, you, you really want to try to build on something. So I feel badly for the Niners because they they're trying to put it all back together again. Now the good news for them is they're not going to be distracted by an effort to build a stadium. Their stadium's done. They can focus now totally on football and the business kind of takes care of itself at this point. And hopefully, you know, the, they'll get the right coach, which is going to be critical, absolutely critical. And uh, this coach will have the kind of freedom and the kind of uh, sense of commitment that allows him to just start building them again and getting them back to where they were a few years ago. So uh, th- that's what I'm hoping for. And that's that's what I think they're looking to do. And I, I, I haven't followed it that closely. I know they've interviewed a couple of coaches. Yep. And um, the problem also that they're facing is they not only have to replace uh, their head coach, there's six other teams trying to do the same thing. Yep. So all of a sudden you have a drain on uh, the number of qualified candidates and you've either got to reach out and find that diamond in the rough that no one else realizes is there or you got to really starting, you know, being engaged in heavy, heavy negotiations because your 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 leverage is compromised. Again, speaking just generally, you, you were very available when you were the team president. Ed, Eddie was available uh, certainly here and there. Uh, you had other people who spoke for the team or spoke credibly for the team. It hasn't really developed that way for the 49ers in, in the Jed York, Trent Balky tenure. Do you just, is, is there a sense of missing, I don't know, credibility, missing something where you accountable, someone can step forward and say, I can speak for the team on a regular basis. Do you think the 49ers are missing that right now? Well, I think that a team, an organization has to develop a style. And sometimes your style is dependent upon the type of individuals you have in the organization, their talent level, their comfort uh, at being willing to do certain things and stand up and be available and answer certain questions. And once you start doing that, 
you got to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. You you can't turn it on one day, turn it off another day. So you should develop a style that you remain true to. And I think maybe what's happening is the 49ers are, are, are figuring out what their style should be. And once they develop it, then they should maintain it. Uh, we felt that we would be open and available and basically answerable uh, on almost a daily basis. Other teams didn't feel that way. As a matter of fact, go right across the bay. Uh, L. Davis wasn't uh, wasn't a very open and uh, and and available individual when it came to, shall we say, the public and the media. And other teams are like that. So find your niche, find your spot, find what you're comfortable with, and then then follow through with it and be consistent. That that that's the only. Not that anybody wants my advice, mm-hmm. but that would be my advice to any franchise as they're dealing with this issue of, of public availability. Now, you speak about advice. Jed mentioned uh, Eddie very prominently at his presser uh, right off the bat, said he got a text from him and they called. And who else could I get better advice than from than my uncle? Um, I've sensed that they've had, you know, a different kind of relationship through the years. Where, where do you think that is? What, what's Eddie's role with Jed, to your understanding? Obviously, you're not Eddie, but uh, what's that relationship now? What's Eddie's role going to be, do you think, going forward? Well, I I talk to Eddie regularly, and um, uh, we see each other. I'd say we, we're we in each other's company, enjoying each other's company, oh, I'd say every six weeks mm. and that's good uh, that's fact, good company by the way i can vouch for that <laughs> <laughs> as a matter of fact he and candy mm. and and one of their daughters was here mm. uh uh when uh they had the tree lighting ceremony yeah. in downtown san francisco mm-hmm. early december mm-hmm. and we hung out for three days together and mm. ronnie lott joe montana dwight clark roger craig uh, uh it, it, it was it was a lot of fun yeah. It was really a lot of fun. And with old time stories of every night, uh, good wine, good food, uh, good times. And, and you know, those, those are fun moments. But, you know, he, 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 we don't talk about the present mm-hmm. 49ers really that much. Uh, we'll, we might comment on, you know, who do you think they're going to hire as a coach? And But um, I, he never mentions, you know, whatever dialogue he has, if any, with uh, with uh, with the present day 49ers. There certainly were rumors or speculation that, that, that you know, John York and Denise DeBarlow York and Jed or whatever could sell or might want to sell. Do you ma- ever imagine them, them selling this franchise? I don't think they're going to sell. I, I don't think they sh- they would. I'm not, and I don't understand why they should. I mean, the, the, the franchise now has its brand new stadium. You're in one of the great, great markets of the country. Uh, I'll, I'll go so far as to say, and I've always been a Bay Area fan. Uh, I'm a shameless supporter of the Bay Area. I I think one of the great markets in the world. Uh, you're 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 established, uh, and Jet has his family here now, and and uh, I, I there's no reason to sell. I mean they're they're doing well financially. The league's doing well financially. I think the value of teams is just going to go up, and relocating teams to L.A. will increase the value of all teams. So uh, I just. Uh, why would you sell? And if I were, if I were Jed or if I don't know any young man that would want to give up hmm. the opportunity to be in show business and own and be part of and operate an NFL team. I just can't imagine my, I mean, 
every young guy I know hmm. would want that. And by the way, so would the old guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and, and it's relatively profitable, I've heard. So uh, yes, that, yes, that, that helps. Yes, it is. Uh, it's not. Yeah, it's not like you have to. It's not quite quite like when Eddie had the team, mm-hmm. and he had to, shall we say, subsidize it. <laughs> No, I don't. He, yeah. he almost, yeah, he almost thought of himself as a nonprofit association. Wow. Well, <laughs> we obviously, obviously, Eddie's up for the Hall of Fame. This might be right. This almost seems like an up or down vote this time. Uh, are you? That's the good news. That's yeah. the good news. Well, why is it? Why is it good news for it? Because Eddie is now in a category that's new, from the standpoint of the voting process. Mm-hmm. They no longer consider the contributor category as being in the same classification as the player yeah. category. In other words, if you were a contributor, the the voters had to say, okay, if I put him into the Hall of Fame, we're limited as to the, the number where we can vote in. I will have to exclude a player mm. A or player yeah. B. I don't think that's fair because a player belongs in there ahead of any contributor. Now contributors stand on their own. It's a category that does not take the place of any player. So you look at a contributor, you're not keeping somebody else out. Mm-hmm. You're simply saying, does he go in or doesn't he? So you really aren't competing against anyone else. You're basically competing about against yourself and your record. You think he's getting in? I, I think this is an excellent opportunity, first of all. Again, now, you know, you, you may think that I'm being uh, less than objective, but he really does belong in the Hall of Fame. I could say that and I could take a lie detector test and I would come out 100 percent honest. Now, part of the reason is I was there. I was there almost every moment, able to witness, observe and see the kind of moves he made, decisions he engaged in, the, 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 the opportunities he presented, the things he stopped from happening. And, and I know how important he was to the organization and to every single win we ever experienced. And I know that he is basically single-handedly for keeping Bill Walsh, first of all, for putting Bill Walsh mm-hmm. into a head coaching position in the NFL and then keeping him as the head coach in the NFL after the first Super Bowl. And I, I also was there when decisions were made that gave Bill and the organization the opportunity to do all the things they did whether it was from a, a minority standpoint or from the standpoint of changing the game on the field to changing the game off the field to taking care of players who experienced cataclysmic injuries that were not accommodated for by virtue of either pension, union benefits, or NFL benefits. Eddie took it on himself to take care of that. And it became the standard by which both the league itself first and then also uh, uh, the union started following up. I mean, I could take the, your, the rest of your day coming <laughs> up with these kinds of deals, but he is a force mm-hmm. and he was a force and he should serve as a model for owners in this league. So as to take them from the hedge fund mentality that so permeates what is happening in the NFL today and bring them back to a sportsmanship concept where the game is important and the game is first and foremost and be competitive, keep the game alive and well. Yeah. You got to make your money. There's no doubt about it, but put things first that belong first. And just as we point to people like Ronnie Lott, Joe Montana, Steve Young, and talk about how 
they should serve as models to the young kids coming up into the to the league. I think Eddie should serve as a model to the owners coming into the league and some of the owners that are new at this point. If you got a, a speech like that in the room, uh, he's in. <laughs> you got my. You got my. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, he had my vote already. I don't have a vote, so it doesn't matter. But that one, that was fantastic, Carmen. Hey, I'll, I'll ask uh, you one more question because I know it's going to be. A, we'll probably get another great speech on this question. I ask almost everybody I have on. I guess I didn't ask you this last time, uh, Carmen. What's your favorite restaurant? Oh my lord, my favorite restaurant. In San Francisco? Uh, let's, let's go San Francisco. Yeah, let, let's, let's put All it in right. that pocket. I, I think we have to think in terms of a rectangle. Mm-hmm. All right? It's four corners. It mm-hmm. depends on, first of all, Gail's mood mm-hmm. and my attitude towards the, the evening. All right? I would say that I would go from either Coqueta, mm-hmm. Michael Chiarello's Spanish restaurant mm-hmm. on, uh, on the Embarcadero, down the street from that boulevard. Yep. Always, always fun and exciting uh, to go to Kakari. Okay. A scene. There's always a scene yep. there, you know. And we, we love the food and the staff. But if it's a night where I want Gail to know that she is the reason I'm alive and she is the essence of my life, and this is going to be uh, somewhat of a romantic and also kind of a touch of fine dining. Uh, I, I, I have to go to Gary Danko's mm. or Quince. Okay. So that's, I, I threw an extra one in there, oh, didn't I? Nice you did. It's yeah. a, more than, a little more than a rectangle, but we'll squeeze it into that one corner. <laughs> and uh, because you sold it so well, Car- Carmen, uh, the last five minutes were re- incredibly good. I, I can't, you were great throughout this, but the la- I might just replay the last five minutes just to hear the, the, Eddie, the Eddie stuff in the restaurant talk. Fantastic. We should just do a whole show on that. Oh, thank you. Fantastic. You know, I, I love restaurants. Yeah, I love going out to restaurants, yes. as you as you probably know. Yes, I know a little and, bit uh, about that. Yeah, so so that's fun for me. That's entertainment. Yeah. Well, listen, Carmen, uh, just we've taken enough of your time, but thank you so much. Uh, as always, you're a great guest. You're somebody I really like talking to. Uh, always appreciate your time. And we might, let's go, get a, let's go get a meal. We might do that in the near future. How about that? I would love it. <laughs> and right. by the way, one condition, sure. it's off the record. It's off the record. Yeah, you know that. You know that. That's guaranteed. All right, Carmen, you're a great guest. You're a friend of the show. Uh, always great to talk to you. And we'll see, how it, see what happens in the next few days. Thank you very much, Tim. All right. Thank you, everybody. That's Carmen Policy, two-time guest of the TK Show, uh, Hall of Fame guest of the, of the TK Show. But he may, Eddie D is going up for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Carmen's on my Hall of Fame. Uh, that's the show for today. I thank you very much. We're all looking forward to see what's happening uh, in the Houston vote for the L.A. opportunities in the NFL. And we'll have, probably have a lot more conversation about that in the future. Thanks, everybody.